Book of Jerem, Chapter 1 Now behold, I, Jerem, write a few words according to the commandment of my father Enos, that our genealogy may be kept. And as these plates are small, and as these things are written for the intent of the benefit of our brethren, the Lamanites, wherefore it must needs be that I write a little, but I shall not write the things of my prophesying, nor of my revelations. For what could I write more than my fathers have written? For have not they revealed the plan of salvation? I say unto you, Yea, and this sufficeth me. Behold, it is expedient that much should be done among this people because of the hardness of their hearts, and the deafness of their ears, and the blindness of their minds, and the stiffness of their necks. Nevertheless, God is exceeding merciful unto them, and hath not as yet swept them off from the face of the land. And there are many among us which have many revelations, for they are not all stiff-necked. And as many as are not stiff-necked and have faith, have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. And now, behold, two hundred years had passed away, and the people of Nephi had waxed strong in the land. They observed to keep the law of Moses, and the Sabbath day holy unto the Lord. And they profaned not, neither did they blaspheme. And the laws of the land were exceeding strict, and they were scattered upon much of the face of the land, and the Lamanites also. And they were exceeding more numerous than were they of the Nephites, and they loved murder, and would drink the blood of beasts. And it came to pass that they came many times against us, the Nephites, to battle. But our kings and our leaders were mighty men in the faith of the Lord, and they taught the people the ways of the Lord. Wherefore we withstood the Lamanites, and swept them away out of our lands, and began to fortify our cities, or whatsoever place of our inheritance. And we multiplied exceedingly, and spread upon the face of the land, and became exceeding rich in gold, and in silver, and in precious things, and in fine workmanship of wood, in buildings, and in machinery, and also in iron, and copper, and brass, and steel, making all manner of tools of every kind to till the ground, and weapons of war. Yea, the sharp-pointed arrow, and the quiver, and the dart, and the javelin, and all preparations for war. And thus being prepared to meet the Lamanites, they did not prosper against us. But the word of the Lord was verified, which he spake unto our fathers, saying, That inasmuch as ye will keep my commandments, ye shall prosper in the land. And it came to pass that the prophets of the Lord did threaten the people of Nephi according to the word of God, that if they did not keep the commandments, but should fall into transgression, they should be destroyed from off the face of the land. Wherefore the prophets and the priests and the teachers did labor diligently, exhorting with all long suffering the people to diligence, teaching the law of Moses and the intent for which it was given persuading them to look forward unto the Messiah, and believe in him to come as though he already was, and after this manner did they teach them. And it came to pass that by so doing they kept them from being destroyed upon the face of the land, for they did prick their hearts with the word, continually stirring them up unto repentance. And it came to pass that two hundred and thirty and eight years had passed away after the manner of wars and contentions and dissensions for the space of much of the time. And I, Jerem, do not write more, for the plates are small. 
But behold, my brethren, ye can go to the other plates of Nephi, for behold, upon them the record of our wars are engraven, according to the writings of the kings, or that which they caused to be written. And I deliver these plates into the hands of my son Omni, that they may be kept according to the commandments of my fathers. Book of Omni, Chapter 1 Behold, it came to pass that I, Omni, being commanded by my father Jerem, that I should write somewhat upon these plates to preserve our genealogy. Wherefore in my days I would that ye should know that I fought much with the sword to preserve my people, the Nephites, from falling into the hands of their enemies, the Lamanites. But behold, I of myself am a wicked man, and I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. And it came to pass that two hundred and seventy and six years had passed away, and we had many seasons of peace, and we had many seasons of serious war and bloodshed. Yea, and in fine, two hundred and eighty and two years had passed away, and I had kept these plates according to the commandments of my fathers, and I conferred them upon my son Amaron, and I make an end. And now I, Amaron, write the things whatsoever I write, which are few, in the book of my father. Behold, it came to pass that three hundred and twenty years had passed away, and the more wicked part of the Nephites were destroyed. For the Lord would not suffer after he had led them out of the land of Jerusalem, and kept and preserved them from falling into the hands of their enemies, yea, he would not suffer that the words should not be verified which he spake unto our fathers, saying, That inasmuch as ye will not keep my commandments, ye shall not prosper in the land. Wherefore the Lord did visit them in great judgment, nevertheless he did spare the righteous, that they should not perish but did deliver them out of the hands of their enemies. And it came to pass that I did deliver the plates unto my brother Chemish. Now I, Chemish, write what few things I write in the same book with my brother. For behold, I saw the last which he wrote, that he wrote it with his own hand, and he wrote it in the day that he delivered them unto me. And after this manner we keep the records, for it is according to the commandments of our fathers, and I make an end. Behold, I, Abinadom, I am the son of Chemish. Behold, it came to pass that I saw much war and contention between my people the Nephites and the Lamanites. And I with mine own sword have taken the lives of many of the Lamanites in the defense of my brethren. And behold, the record of this people is engraven upon plates which is had by the kings according to the generations. And I know of no revelation save that which has been written, neither prophecy, wherefore that which is sufficient is written, and I make an end. Behold, I am Amalekai, the son of Abinadam. Behold, I will speak unto you somewhat concerning Mosiah, which was made king over the land of Zarahemla. For behold, he being warned of the Lord that he should flee out of the land of Nephi, and as many as would hearken unto the voice of the Lord should also depart out of the land with him into the wilderness. And it came to pass that he did according as the Lord had commanded him. And they departed out of the land into the wilderness, as many as would hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And they were led by many preachings and prophesyings. And they were admonished continually by the word of God. And they were led by the power of his arm through the wilderness, until they came down into the land which is called the land of Zarahemla. And they discovered a people which were called the people of Zarahemla. 
Now there was great rejoicing among the people of Zarahemla, and also Zarahemla did rejoice exceedingly, because that the Lord had sent the people of Mosiah with the plates of brass which contained the record of the Jews. Behold, it came to pass that Mosiah discovered that the people of Zarahemla came out from Jerusalem at the time that Zedekiah king of Judah was carried away captive into Babylon. And they journeyed in the wilderness and were brought by the hand of the Lord across the great waters into the land where Mosiah discovered them, and they had dwelt there from that time forth. And at the time that Mosiah discovered them, they had become exceeding numerous. Nevertheless, they had many wars and serious contentions, and had fallen by the sword from time to time. And their language had become corrupted, and they had brought no records with them. And they denied the being of their Creator. And Mosiah, nor the people of Mosiah, could understand them. But it came to pass that Mosiah caused that they should be taught in his language. And it came to pass that after they were taught in the language of Mosiah, Zarahemla gave a genealogy of his fathers according to his memory, and they are written, but not in these plates. And it came to pass that the people of Zarahemla and of Mosiah did unite together, and Mosiah was appointed to be their king. And it came to pass in the days of Mosiah, there was a large stone brought unto him with engravings on it, and he did interpret the engravings by the gift and power of God. And they gave an account of one Coriantumr and the slain of his people. And Coriantumr was discovered by the people of Zarahemla, and he dwelt with them for the space of nine moons. It also spake a few words concerning his fathers. And his first parents came out from the tower at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people, and the severity of the Lord fell upon them according to his judgments which are just, and their bones lay scattered in the land northward. Behold, I, Amalekai, was born in the days of Mosiah, and I have lived to see his death, and Benjamin his son reigneth in his stead. And behold, I have seen in the days of King Benjamin a serious war, and much bloodshed between the Nephites and the Lamanites. But behold, the Nephites did obtain much advantage over them, yea, insomuch that King Benjamin did drive them out of the land of Zarahemla. And it came to pass that I began to be old, and having no seed, and knowing King Benjamin to be a just man before the Lord, wherefore I shall deliver up these plates unto him, exhorting all men to come unto God, the Holy One of Israel, and believe in prophesying, and in revelations, and in the ministering of angels, and in the gift of speaking with tongues, and in the gift of interpreting languages, and in all things which are good." For there is nothing which is good, save it comes from the Lord, and that which is evil cometh from the devil. And now, my beloved brethren, I would that ye should come unto Christ, which is the Holy One of Israel, and partake of His salvation, and the power of His redemption. Yea, come unto Him, and offer your whole souls as an offering unto Him, and continue in fasting and praying, and endure to the end, and as the Lord liveth, ye will be saved. And now I would speak somewhat concerning a certain number which went up into the wilderness to return to the land of Nephi. For there was a large number which were desirous to possess the land of their inheritance, wherefore they went up into the wilderness. And their leader, being a strong and a mighty man, and a stiff-necked man, wherefore he caused a contention among them, and they were all slain save fifty in the wilderness, and they returned again to the land of Zarahemla. 
And it came to pass that they also took others to a considerable number and took their journey again into the wilderness. And I, Amalekai, had a brother which also went with them, and I have not since known concerning them. And I am about to lie down in my grave, and these plates are full, and I make an end of my speaking. Pressure all around me saying, Go ahead, give in. Save your soul for another day. Struggling between the enemy and the one only true friend. I'm finding it hard not to slip away. But then I hear you softly calling out my name. Come unto me. Book of Jerem. My thoughts are all over the place. I'm really excited to finish Book of Jerem and Book of Omni. We're going to consider them both together. They're both really short. Jerem is the shortest book in the Book of Mormon. I like that in spite of its being so short, there are a few bumper sticker type verses that are they really stick with you. And there's lessons here, even, even though it's just a few short verses. I want to start with his comments about uh, the plates are small, and he. We're, we're, I've said it many times in this first section. This everything from the from the beginning of the Book of Mormon to the end of Book of Omni is the small plates of Nephi, and I've and I've hit that several times. You've got the large plates of Nephi and the small plates of Nephi. So at this point at Omni, you have got the small plates of Nephi encapsulated or or uh, abridged by. Moroni, Mor- Mormon by Mormon. And we're going to talk about that when we get to book, uh, the words of Mormon. But in this, in this reading to this point, you have the small plates that have been passed around from father to son, occasionally brother, you know, well, we could, let's just do it. So we have Lehi started this and then he, and even though he wasn't writing, it was Nephi, 
Um, but Lehi was the father and then Nephi, and then he gave it to his brother Jacob, and Jacob gave it to his son Enos, and Enos gave it to Jerem. I mean, we're that quick. We're four generations, and then Jerem gives it to Omni, and then in Omni, we hit five different guys, right? Boom, 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 boom. And one of them was a brother, actually. So, and at the end of that, uh, when it's Abinadam, Abinad, uh, we'll, get, we'll get there, he ends up getting it to Mosiah, and we hear about King Benjamin. And so the small plates of Nephi is now handed over to the kings and they're kept together with the book of the kings. So at this point, the small plates of Nephi and the large plates of Nephi have both had a running history and, and in parallel. And it really explains this uh, in Words of Mormon. But Jerem in and uh, through Omni, this completes the small plates of Nephi. So this is a study in itself, and this is the finishing point. Uh, if we were to do a study on the small plates of Nephi, this is the end. This is the end of it. And Jerem has the, the, the final say, or Omni does, the Jerem and Omni have the final say of what goes into the small plates of Nephi. And what I like about this is Jerem says it perfectly. I'm starting verse 2. And now, and as these plates are small, and as these things are written for the intent of the benefit of our brethren, the Lamanites, wherefore it must needs be that I write a little, but I shall not write the things of my prophesying, nor of my revelations. For what could I write more than my fathers have written? For have not they revealed the plan of salvation? I say unto you, yea, and this sufficeth me. So right here, all of this book to this point is everything you need. This is the plan of salvation. And this, you could teach this over and over and, and only have to use this much of the Book of Mormon to get the message of Christ, to get the plan of salvation, to get the, 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 to get what we need to, to we're, we're going to be judged by, which isn't an excuse to stop reading because the rest of the Book of Mormon is epic, right? It is a lot of good story there. But this part of it, these eight, this eight generations of, of people, from the time they left Jerusalem to, to now, when the the this small plates of Nephi was being handed down, father to son, father to son, and now it's being turned over to be kept in unison with the other plates, or 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 with it, maybe not being written on, but combined with the other plates. This section of studying that we've gone through together is all you need to know about uh, uh, Christ. It, it, it's it's the plan of salvation is there, and you're not going to hear anything new throughout the rest of it. Now it gets more detailed, but, but everything you need to know is delivered here. And so that message has been said earlier in the book of Mormon and it's being confirmed. Now the verse I want to read next and great bumper sticker verse. Let's start with seven. Nevertheless, God is exceeding merciful unto them and hath not as yet swept them off from the face of the land. Jerem understands this, that these prophecies say you serve God or you'll be swept off the land. Every one of these father to son, you know, transitions, they've all known that we have to serve God if we're going to live here. And if you were stiff necked, you didn't, you didn't last long. Verse nine, and as many as are not stiff necked and have faith, they have communion with the Holy Spirit, which maketh manifest unto the children of men according to their faith. So don't be proud, do not be stiff-necked, be, be, be humble, and have faith. And you will have communion with the Holy Spirit, which make, you know, it, and it'll, it'll manifest itself with you in, in your church services, in your life, according to 
your faith. And that's what, that's what this is all about. That was the, the message that keeps coming over and over and over in this first section of the Book of Mormon. That's what it's all about, right? Let's jump to verse 12. This is your bumper sticker verse. When I hear people, it goes with 11, but 12 all by itself. And they profaned not, neither did they blaspheme. So do not use bad language. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. It says it in the scriptures. This is the verse you go to and say, hey, don't talk like that. Watch your mouth around me. Watch how you're speaking. This is what you have to do. They were strict. And it says they were strict. In verse 11, they observed to keep the law of Moses and the Sabbath day holy. And they profaned not, neither did they blaspheme. And the laws of the land were exceeding strict. This is what you had. They It was, it was expected. And it's, uh, it's in the Book of Mormon. You know, what you say matters. The tone you say it with matters. The, the, the words you say, it matters. And you're not supposed to use profanity. Let's turn to, there's other stuff to, to know. And, and we kind of, there's history there and lessons about how, how they lived. One of the things you want to point out is verse 19. They multiplied exceedingly. And I love the, the explanation of why they were so abundantly um, rich with gold and silver and precious things and fine workmanship of wood in buildings and in machinery and also in iron and copper and brass and steel, making all manner of tools of every kind to till the ground and weapons of war. These guys were not idiots. They had machines. They had machinery. They had tools. They had steel. They could. They learned how to defend themselves with you know, they use their heads, but they were very, they were technologically advanced and just better than the Lamanites who had idle hands, who, who didn't uh, develop or, or build anything. They just stole or lived off of whatever they could go hunt. Right. So I, I like that, uh, uh, the, the picture, the imagery that you get of who the Nephites were. And it's like this throughout all of history of the Book of Mormon, right? The Nephites were the mo- more abundant and more, um, useful with their hands and in, in preparations and and technology i want to go to verse 24 wherefore the prophets and the priests and the teachers did labor diligently exhorting with all long suffering um, the people exhorting with all long suffering the people to diligence teaching the law of moses and here's the part i like and the intent for which it was given there was understanding here for what the law of Moses was for its purpose and its intent. And verse 25 is where it is persuading them to look forward unto the Messiah and believe in him to come as though he already was. That was such a, a stark contrast to what was going on in Jerusalem. By this time they were all in Babylon, right? They were all, um, uh, uh captive and, and, and drawn the whole Israel was just destroyed. There was no Israel over here. And so their, their religion was destroyed. They didn't have any way to, to keep the law of Moses like they were. But in America, they built other temples of Solomon, like unto Solomon. And they were keeping the law of Moses all the way through this whole time period. And they understood the intent for what it was for. And it's for, and it's all about remembering Jesus Christ. Let's jump to verse 28. They did prick their hearts with the word, continually stirring them up unto repentance. I like that because uh, it's they didn't 
uh, rest on their laurels. They kept studying. They kept uh, um, reading. They didn't just, like I said, rest on their laurels. They kept pushing themselves and were continually reminding themselves to be humble. And I think that's the pattern that we need to do in our lives. Verse 30 and 31. And I, Jerem, do not write more, for the plates are small. But behold, my brethren, you can go to the other plates of Nephi, for behold, upon them the record of our wars are engraven, according to the writings of the kings, or that which they caused to be written. So there's these other set of records. He makes one last reference to it, and I'm going to keep keep uh, pushing that, that there's the small plates, and then there's the large plates. And this, at the end of the book of Omni, is the end of the small plates. And now, let's go book of Omni. Let's go to verse 3. But behold, I of myself am a wicked man, and I have not kept the statutes and the commandments of the Lord as I ought to have done. I love that Omni recognizes this. It's kind of like Enos. He he went out and he tested this theory, and he he got the, the results and the, the blessing from God. And here's the antithesis, right? Omni just fesses up and says, I am a wicked man. I am. I was. Comp- I was told by my father to do this. I kind of dropped the ball. I guess is kind of what I read into this. I, and he says, "I would that you know that I fought much with the sword." And he wasn't a bad guy. He was doing what he was defending his brothers, right? But he he says that he was a wicked man, and he does his part, and he just says how many years ticked off, and and he confers this upon his son Amaron, and I make an end as his his big uh, uh uh five verses of the book of mormon and in spite of that i just appreciate the frankness of omni i hopefully that is rewarded i guess he he did his job he, he was dutiful he he fought in the battles he didn't have much to report and except to humble himself and say i i'm not worthy maybe of writing in this book with the rest of these guys and so i'm just gonna hand it off to my son. Hopefully he'll do a bang up job better than me. And lo and behold, it's not much different with, <laughs> with his son. So it just, we're going from Omni now to Amaron in verse six. And then he gives it to his brother in Chemish in verse 11. And then in verse 13, you get Abinadom, who is the son of Chemish. I assume that Amaron didn't have a, a son to give it to, but who knows? And then Abinadom gives it to Amalekai in 18. And now Amalekai, the son of Abinadom, he finally has something to say. So it goes Lehi, Nephi, and his brother Jacob gives it to Enos, gives it to Jerem, gives it to Omni, gives it to, let's see where it was. Omni gives it to Amaron, who gives it to his brother Chemish, who gives it to Abinadom, who gives it to Amalekai. And then Amalekai finally gives it uh, yeah, Malachi finally has something to say. He's the son of Abinadom. And then it goes from him to Mosiah. And it's, and the, the small plates are over and done. But, and in his story, he, it starts in verse 19. I've got two books of Mormon open. It's hard to fit because I want to read it to you out of the 1990 edition, but all my notes are in the other. Behold, I will speak unto you somewhat concerning Mosiah which was made king over the land of Zarahemla. This is your introduction to what's going to happen. Let's jump to 22. And they did, so uh, 
Mosiah was warned of God and they obeyed God's uh, uh, commandments so that he should head south because the Lamanites are going to attack him. And not just him, but everybody who would heed the voice of the Lord, they departed and they went down south and they departed out of the land into the wilderness as many as would hearken unto the voice of the Lord. And they were led by many preachings and prophesyings. So the spirit of God was there with these people. Abinadam says later, um, or Amalekai says later that he was born in the time of, of this Mosiah. So he may have been involved in this Exodus. I'm not sure, but he, he definitely was around and knew of this. This was his era. It wasn't beyond him, his understanding to say the least. I think in my opinion, I think he was, he may have been a part of this and he saw these things. So let's go to verse 24, 23 and 24. We're going to continue. And they were, uh, and they departed out of the land and they came, were led by preaching and prophesying. And they, verse 23, and they were admonished continually by the word of God. And they were led by the power of his arm through the wilderness until they came down into the land, which is called the land of Zarahemla. And they discovered a people which were called the people of Zarahemla. This is the introduction of another whole uh, migration of people. Uh, we call them Mulekites, but we'll get to know more about them later. But the, right now they're just the people of Zarahemla and they came from Jerusalem. They're also descendants of, of the, of the, the King Zedekiah. It says in verse 26, behold, it came to pass that Mosiah discovered that the people of Zarahemla came out from Jerusalem at the time that Zedekiah, king of Judah, was carried away captive into Babylon. That was 597 BC. So they've been here almost the same time, just a little bit later after uh, Lehi. Lehi and his family left earlier than that. These guys, right at the time of the battle, they left. So, so they hung out in Jerusalem a little bit longer and then they left. And so we don't know too much about their migration, how they came across. Uh, when I see where they landed and they were sort of in the land northward, I, when I look at the theories, it looks to me like they came across the Atlantic Ocean, but it's neither here nor there. Let's go to verse 33 is my next note. So they lost their language. They didn't have plates with them. They lost their language and they had to be taught the language of Mosiah. And so once they were taught, Zarahemla gave a genealogy of his fathers according to his memory and they are written, but not in these plates. So we have another reference to the, the large plates. And it came to pass that the people of Zarahemla and of Mosiah did unite together and Mosiah was appointed to be their king. So now no longer are they this or that. They're all one people, but we still reference them occasionally as people of Zarahemla. And it's the, the, the people become one and they're, they're governed as one, but there's still sometimes a reference to their background, where they came from. Verse 40, behold, I Amalekai was born in the days of Mosiah and I have lived to see his death and Benjamin, his son reigneth in his stead. So maybe he didn't, wasn't there. I don't know when, when he departed out of the wilderness and came to uh, Zarahemla. But like I said, it was definitely not unknown to him. So he was in, he says, I was born in the days of Mosiah. And so he dies and Benjamin, his son, and he's treated, you know, we think of a younger, young man. And then we get all the history of King Benjamin here 
and it's kind of encapsulated by a Malachi. And then when we get to the next section of the Book of Mormon, we get King Benjamin's last proclamation and then we move on. So the whole history of King Benjamin is just summed up. And what's interesting is that we had Mosiah was the last of the Nephite kings and then his son, King Benjamin, and then the son of King Benjamin is Mosiah again. So that's kind of confusing. Don't get it mixed up. There was a Mosiah and then there was a King Benjamin and then there was another Mosiah. So we learn about King Benjamin and he was a guy, you got to admire him. He, he fought with his own hand and his, on the sword of Laban. He fought, what does he say? Uh, he lifted it with his own uh, strength of his own arm. And so I like that he was a, a leader that led by example. And he did not, uh, he, he didn't sound like to be the type of king. And when we learn more about him, we'll see this. When we'll know that it's true. He was a, a, a good king. And he didn't subjugate his people. He he led by example, and he worked for his own uh, uh, living. Verse 43. And it came to pass that I began to be old, and having no seed, and knowing King Benjamin to be a just man before the Lord, wherefore I shall deliver up these plates unto him, exhorting all men to come unto God, the Holy One of Israel. So we're, we're summing this up in verse 44. And, and believe in prophesying... And in revelations and in the ministering of angels and in the gift of speaking with tongues and in the gift of interpreting languages and in all things which are good. And then here's your bumper sticker verse for this chapter. For there is nothing which is good, save it comes from the Lord and that which is evil cometh from the devil. So we're wrapping this up. There's one, a few more verses. Let's go to 52. And so he, he's ready to, he turned the plates over and that there's one more thing. He says, there was this people that went up to look for, um, to go live in their old, uh, dwelling place. We, we, at the beginning of the chapter, we see that they, they left, they were, uh, their, uh, um, trying to think the land of Nephi and went down, which is northward. So it's down in elevation to the land of Zarahemla. And some of the people from the land of Zarahemla wanted to go back up to where they used to live, where they knew there was, they were, uh, uh, like they said, they were, there were machines and they were very resourceful people. And they, they want to go back to that way of life up in the mountains. And so they, they go up there and they were, uh, there was dissension and all, all, everybody died except for 50 came back and then they go back again. And this verse 52, and I, Amalekai had a brother, which also went with him. And I have not since known concerning them. And I am about to lie down in my grave, and these plates are full, and I make an end of my speaking. So that's the end of Omni, the book of Omni. Amalekai says there's a, this group that went back up north, and I don't know what happened to them. Well, after the words of Mormon are finished, which will be a big study in itself, when we get back into the next book, the book of Mosiah, we're going to read about those people. And that's when that we transition from one set of plates and an abridgment onto another set of plates and an abridgment. And it's going to be a really interesting study. So stick with me for that one. You are there to free my soul from sin. And when I listen, I can softly hear you say, Come unto me. Labor
Burden is light. Come unto me.